Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we are back with Ayers on the Road. We have been on the air. I mean, we're on the air, but I mean, we've been in the air. Um, this, we're for gonna, a long time. We're going to call this show Jet Lag 101. All right. All right. That's a good idea. As those of you who listened in last week know or may remember, we have come across the pond. We're here in England. We are awaiting the arrival of our youngest daughter's twins. And Charity Iyer, our youngest, having a boy and a girl. Hopefully in two weeks. Wouldn't it be nice if the timing was perfect? It would be nice if it was perfect. <laughs> but um, we, her name actually is Charity Iyer Wright. Right. She, uh, they should know that she's married now that she's having <laughs> these babies. But They should have known that four years ago because she has a little boy who's just as rambunctious as could be. At four years old right. and a sweet little two-year-old and now twins are coming so we had to be here i mean i had no choice you had you you had, I had absolutely <laughs> no choice you kind of had a choice uh, i think you're probably wondering about it right now but um we did it on a plane last night in salt lake city and we went to new york city and it was quite remarkable because first time we've flown for six months we were averaging maybe 50 flights a year going to give speeches and do right. different things and the last time we went was in february and we've not set foot on a flight and since then boy the world is different you know these flights were basically empty it's amazing. The airports were basically empty. And they even upgraded us to first class on the first leg because there's they so few no. people on the plane. <laughs> didn't have anybody else to give it to. Um, the but, airports are just empty. I mean, JFK was like a, a funeral. Oh, like my a, goodness. JFK, all of the shops have been closed since March. Oh, my gosh. We had that. Even Snack Shack, the most popular hamburger place in the world. Close. I had to jog uh, a couple of miles down the concourse to find any food at all. I finally brought you back a sandwich. <laughs> we uh, got and on that next on plane, plane and we yeah. ended up leaving that on the plane, but it <laughs> is a different world. Some of you know oh my all goodness. this. But well, but nobody's really traveling. That's why there was nobody there. It was totally amazing in New York City. To look around, and we're usually so crowded. All of the food places were closed, and um, I asked one of the. Uh, there is, you know, you can get just snack places. They're still open, the news news stores and so on. And I said to the girl, um, "Wow, how long have these stores been closed?" She said, "Since March." She said, "Honestly, it is so empty here. It's kind of like a war has happened. It's amazing." Well, then we got on Delta Flight 1, flight number 1, which is a flight we've taken in the past. And it's, it's usually really a busy flight because it's the, the sort of their prime flight to London. And it was pretty empty. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> they allowed us to have a row each at the very back of the plane so that we could actually lay down. And we got about two or three hours of You sleep. did. I didn't get... I'm too 
big. I can never sleep on a plane. And uh, um, then we got here. Well, there, but uh, before you go on, I do have to say that Delta is wonderful. We are so impressed with them. They were so great about insisting people have masks all the time. Those of you who hate masks, maybe. except that woman right in front of me. She she thought she could she wear a mask, a mask only over her mouth. Over her nose. <laughs> Oh but um, but it was so incredibly good good service. I kept doing the you know look get a kitching her eye and pulling my mask up over my nose to see if she'd get it and she just looked at me like hmm. But you were far away. I mean they kept everyone well distanced. Everybody was so kind. And if one time I when I ate of course when you eat you have to take your mask off. So I ate and then I forgot to slip my mask back up and this, this one of the ladies... Um, I wonder how we sound. Are we as, do we sound as jet-lagged as we feel? <laughs> Linda, you just said, of course, I had to take my mask off when I ate. <laughs> there is no well, little hole there. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. But anyway, uh, the... Uh, stewardess just said, uh, they don't want to call him that. The flight, flight attendant. attendant. Flight attendant uh, just said, ma'am, your mask. I went, oh, yes, we got it. So, anyway, if you're worried <laughs> about uh, COVID while flying, we suggest Delta because they were, they were terrific. So, what are we, what are we, let's, we have a famous sort of slowness in getting to the subject, but we have an excuse for that this time. We're okay. sitting in a little, uh, Airbnb in Bath, England, Bath Easton actually, which is a suburb of Bath. And we mentioned some of the reasons last week because both of us have ancestors that came from here. And so, you know, when we knew we had to quarantine for 14 days before we could see this daughter of ours, we can't even see her, can't even see her or her husband or her two little boys for 14 days. So, so we, we thought we can't we can't hang out in London for 14 days and not even be able to go out because the British are notar- notoriously precise, um, precise about right. keeping rules and this is a rule you have to quarantine for 14 days. So we thought well let's get out in the countryside at least. So here we are in Bath. And um, renting a car and driving out here was an experience. Um, it's always an experience to drive on the left side of the road. Right. But when you're jet lagged and when you're going somewhere you've never been before, it was particularly interesting. Um, but here we are. But here we are. We're in a lovely little Airbnb. Right and by the River Avon. Right by the River Avon. And we have a view out our window. We have... Oh, it's the prototypical view out out our little window. Just this rolling, hilly, green fields with hedgerows. It's just prototypical England. Actually beautiful. Some of you know we spent nearly five years in England. Three years when we were serving as mission presidents long, long ago. And then a year when we came back because we wanted our... Older children to have the British experience that our older ones had had. Did I say younger, that right? Our the younger, younger ones. 
wanted, yes, we wanted them to have the same experience. And we were in Surrey so both fun. of those times, yeah. just south of London. And we've been back several times since then, which is such a delight because we love this place. We may come and live here for a while at some point. We Again. keep saying that. We keep saying that. Just as a couple, though. I mean, it's totally different with no kids. Except <laughs> now we have grandkids. So um, it really is not that different, I guess. But it really is such a delightful place. It's incredible. And I guess I should also say, Linda, that uh, in case you haven't guessed by now, the theme of today's show is having babies, birth stories, and because we're about to have a great one here. And, and of course, there's no way to know. There's no way to know when these twins will come. We're quarantining for two weeks. If the babies come before our quarantine is over, Linda's going to have a decision to make. Do you keep the quarantine or do you break the quarantine and run to where those babies are? And then get put in jail. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, I, I, I kind of know. Okay. I, think I think she's, she's going to be okay. okay. Um, so, actually, um, we are so um, thrilled about grandchildren of all kinds. And we are, I mean, I think really the... the uh, underlying theme today is going to be grandchildren. Well, but birth stories in general. So we had a few many of our own experiences with um, grandchildren this week. <laughs> Let's get to the kids' birth stories first, though. Um, Linda tends to have babies pretty fast. I do. <laughs> Long labor is not um, a trial that Linda has known very much of. No, and I'm so sorry for those of you who suffer for. 24, 48 hours. No, you wish labor. You, you wish your labors were a little longer. No, no, but not well. like that. That yeah. is really so hard. So, uh, kudos to you who are out there having done that. Well, um, our first daughter came pretty fast. Her name is Saren, and then the second one, I we just didn't quite make it. You know, the baby was born on the grass on the way up to the hospital in Alexandria, Virginia, and when we got the bill. The medical bill, I was disturbed that there was a huge charge for delivery room. And I wrote back and said, we never made it to the delivery room. How can you charge us? And they wrote back and they'd crossed out where it said delivery room charges and written greens, fee, greens fees. Because it was born on the lawn. Shawnee was born on the lawn. Honey, that is not true. That is not a true story, you guys. He thinks it's, that's it came so really funny. close to being true. It did get come really close. I mean, I was we were coming along the Beltway in Washington D.C. in the middle of the night, going a hundred miles an hour, and it was like, stop, stop, stop! You've got to, you've got to stop! I'm going to have this baby in the car. And he said, no, no, I can't stop. I don't know how to deliver babies. I, I was can't. driving that old Ford, old Ford Galaxy. Remember that old car? I do. 120 miles an hour, trying to get to that hospital in time. Oh my goodness, it was so scary. And, and <laughs> in essence, what happened is that I had the baby basically in the hall on the way down. Well, the so they still room. shouldn't have charged us for well, the delivery room. I know, I know it's crazy. <laughs> my doctor was there, and uh, they just said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, put her on a stretcher because this baby is coming on the way. And so we, they did that, and um, it was absolutely incredible. And when it was all over, the doctor came in and looked at me and licked this little gold star that had stick on the other side and stuck it on my forehead. <laughs> 
<laughs> you deserve this. And uh, it was quite incredible. Well, so. and then, and then, a couple of babies later, we were living here in England, and we'd been here for less than a year, and uh, we hoped that this pregnancy, this was a baby that was supposed to be born in July, and I was out with the missionaries, on it was a preparation day, and I was out playing softball with them, and I came home, and that was, I don't even know if we want to tell this one. Linda was well, not in detail. Linda was we only have two minutes to be. And my goodness, we called the ambulance, and long story short, placenta previa, um, nine mm, and a half massive weeks Massive hemorrhage, early. yeah. Um, that was very, very scary. Uh, the baby was in trouble. They uh, he quit breathing several times in every hour, and finally we said, "Okay, we're gonna we got to take this baby into London." So they did. Took him in. Oh, an ambulance. after he was born. Yeah. yeah, after he was born, took him in. Well, the delivery itself was pretty pretty frightening. Well, they don't want to know the no, details I guess of not. that. No, I guess not. Um, but it was really quite incredible, and actually a gift of God that. Um, I will say just right. a little about that, Linda. We we had uh, we had a member of Parliament who had become a friend of ours, and just shortly before this time, we had asked him to let us know the best obstetrician he knew in the whole country, and he'd mentioned. And we went and saw this guy named Mr. Gordon in England. The physicians who are really advanced are not called doctor; they're called Mister. And so um, we had met him, and when this hemorrhage happened, I was able to call him. He drove down from London. He came to see Linda. He got the bleeding stopped, and he took off. He went back. And then as soon as he had gone, oh, this is too scary. I probably shouldn't have told this, but Linda started to hemorrhage again. We were in a little district hospital with... Pakistani intern doctors who we couldn't understand. We could, they couldn't speak much English. And I've never prayed so hard in my life. And I turned around and in came this white jaguar of Mr. Gordon coming back into the parking lot. He had been on his way to London. He, I said, she's hemorrhaging. He ran in. I can still see him going up the stairs, taking off his jacket. He went in, performed the cesarean. And uh, later, one of the nurses said, by the way, we call him Flash Gordon. He's the fastest physician <laughs> in the world. And this little boy was, was born and was safe. And uh, I asked him later, Mr. Gordon, how did you know to come back? And he said, I don't know. He said, I was I on my way to London, I and I just suddenly I knew around. I had to turn around and go back. So talk about an answered prayer. It was an amazing story, and this little guy ended up in uh, the ICU in London for, uh, well, he was 40, 40 days, days. and 40 nights. Uh, we did bring him back out to Epsom, where we lived, to the cottage hospital uh, for the last couple of weeks. But it was an incredible incredible thing so we hope this doesn't happen again this time but we're going to carry on with these birth stories though none quite as scary as that one but we need to take a brief break we do so hang on we're going to have even more fun after this break be right back welcome back to Ayers on the road here's richard and linda Iyer. And we're back. Talking today about baby stories, and we mean baby delivery stories. <laughs> Getting over our jet lag as we talk, starting to feel a little more 
You made the mistake, Linda, when we walked in this little Airbnb at four in the afternoon to take a brief nap. That's fatal. But we're starting to wake up now. No, we would have been much worse if we hadn't done that because literally we had not slept for almost 24 hours. So it oh. really, um, it, but it was, it's so fun and we're so looking forward to the, these new grandchildren. We're going to tell just a little bit about grandchildren birth stories. Any more baby stories from our own? I guess, I guess the amazing thing for the lucky thing, the blessing, the tender mercy is that after that cesarean in London, we had another baby born in England. And that was kind of a wonderful opposite story. Everything just calm and perfect. And we had our hands full with 250 young missionaries. And this second baby born in England was just a dream come true. And uh, Well, maybe not the delivery, because you didn't have to do it. Well, calm no, and but by comparison. Crazy. Again, by this comparison. baby shot into the world. But they were trying to give me gas and air, which made it worse, and so absolutely no um, anesthesia. But honestly, he did turn out to be the most wonderful, peaceful, calm. It was an answer to our prayers because he was such a great baby. So, so we, we went to England with four children, and we came back to the States three years later with six children. We did. And there were three more that were born later, back after we got back to the U.S., and they were all wonderful. I mean, you know, someone we had a we had an obstetrician that delivered several of our children in Utah. He, I remember once he said, you know, his name was Ray Sumption, a wonderful guy, and his 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 statement to me was, I don't see how anyone could be a, an obstetrician and not believe in God. He said, I to see new life come into the world as I get to almost every day. Every single one is a spiritual experience. Yeah, did and it is for us as well as I mean, of course, for the parents. But it is amazing occupation for doctors who can and it's a, and, and the world. it's inspirational for for the mom and the, the mom is always, you know, <laughs> I I wish I could have a baby. I'd like to experience it, and you wish I could too. I do wish you could. <laughs> Just <laughs> that so would I could be know. So fun. But um, not fun. I bet everyone listening uh, who is a parent has an inspirational birth story of some kind, and many of you who are not parents have been in on the, the miracle of, of a birth, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And when you're a grandparent, I think it's even greater because it's still a miracle, but you don't have to have the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in some ways, it's, it's kind of more miserable because you have no control over it. You just have to watch it. And some of our some of our children have and da and daughters-in-law, our daughters and daughters-in-law have wanted me to be in the delivery room, and, it, and Most I was of them. totally fine with. And this is a woman decided. who would rather be there than anywhere else in the world, and has moved heaven and earth sometimes to be there in that. Delivery well, room. when they've requested it, but right. We have a daughter-in-law who gave birth to a, a breech baby in Washington, D.C., and they had a whole team of doctors who knew what they were doing. And she's a nurse and allowed some interns to come in and watch this, yeah. this daughter-in-law who is amazing. So she uh, allowed some other doctors to come in, some interns, to see how, how to do this. 
and uh, those little feet were delivered first. I was not in the delivery room, but we were on the phone. <laughs> well, and Linda, you know, the most, maybe the most wonderful and amazing birth story that we have, baby story, is our other set of twins. This is our youngest daughter now, who were here in, in England to await the arrival of her twin boy and girl, but our eldest daughter had twins, and she actually had three children before these twins and came along. And they just happened to be not quite five, three <laughs> and a half, and two, and then twins. So, so she had five under five. She ended up with five under five, but that story was interesting. This, these twins are now 16 years old, but 16 years ago, we were on our way on a round-the-world tour. We were going on a speaking tour that was taking us to, I think, 20 nations? How many? That was a long... Well, not 20, but maybe... All over Asia and all over 12. the Pacific. <laughs> but it was I think amazing. it was 15 or so. But anyway, we were hoping, hoping, hoping. Linda was begging, begging, begging that we could be in on that berth before we had to leave. I think the first leg was to Japan, right? We were on our way to Japan. And I know it was a long way, and a long way away. And actually, we did a lot in the Middle East on that trip. We were in Dubai, and uh, we were in Jeddah. And uh, it, it was an amazing trip, but we but could we, not go. We left, we left Salt Lake City and flew to Northern California, where our daughter and her husband lived and we were just waiting, waiting for the babies and the night before we had to leave, she went into labor and went to the hospital. Went to the hospital and went through a whole natural childbirth and that first baby emerged beautifully, just a beautiful baby and then the second one reached his <laughs> arm out like, please, please don't leave me, don't, don't leave, leave me. me. My, my twin left me. And the cervix closed over his arm and they had to do a C-section to get him out. Oh my gosh, this poor daughter had to do both. Both a vaginal birth and a C-section on one pregnancy, on one <laughs> delivery. It and we were crazy. so glad, I mean, we were so honored to be there because that was a miracle. And that was really incredible. The sad part was that we did have to go, so we shipped our daughter. It just happened to be that the, our daughter, who is now having the yeah, twins... Yeah, this youngest daughter, who then was just a teenager... She, well, she was at school. Yeah. She was at school at Wellesley in Boston. She was in, a college student in and Boston. And they just happened to have January off. Every year you can decide, do you want some special classes just for January, or do you want to take January off? And she had January yeah. off. We flew her out, and she was a full-time nanny for those little twins. She took over and was, was a nanny with those two little twins in a family that had five children under five. Which and is, our oldest daughter's husband, I thought, was a hero. He found oh. a way to take a year hiatus from his career, not without some sacrifice, and to be there with this daughter. So she had her husband for a year. And she had our youngest daughter 
filling in for us while we were off on this trip that we couldn't change. But we were so lucky that we were there for that birth. You know, now and that I love I... the the baby reached out and wanted to go with his twin. <laughs> These were identical twins, by the way. Absolutely, mirror, mirror image, image identical twins. twins. One one has a cowlick going one way and one the other way. One's right-handed, one's left-handed. They are so adorable. Oh, and they've and been a joy for sixteen years in our life. It's just incredible. A... Twins are amazing. It just occurred to me that um, that's probably why Charity's so terrified yeah, about having these twins right. because she knows what it's like afterwards. I mean, she's she's going to be fine with the labor. Those babies were both breached last week and we've all been praying that they could flip so, and so she could have a more natural child. And they have. They and they flip. have one at a time, one flip and the other flip. And I don't know what's because she stood upside down in the swimming pool. I mean, you know, on her hands in the swimming pool. Or was the acupuncture or what that was. But I, so anyway. There, so there is a symmetry to this, isn't there, Linda, that our oldest daughter has twins and now our youngest daughter has twins. And the daughter who was a teenager helping the oldest one is now the mom having the twins. And what a birth story. What a wonderful birth story. But we shouldn't go too much further without talking about this daughter that's giving birth to these twins, hopefully in a couple of weeks, is so into natural childbirth. In fact, she considered for a while becoming a birth consultant or um, not a not, an, not, not a, a midwife, not a midwife and actually, not, a, not a doula, but just someone who, who educated parents, expected moms on the beauty of that. And of course, she doesn't think it should happen in a hospital. She thinks it's a, you're not sick. Why should you go to the hospital? Why should you have a doctor? Why not have it in a birth center with a midwife? This is a beautiful thing. It's the opposite or, of being sick. Or, or, um, if, the, if you've been long-time listeners, you know that this is our child. The last child was two years ago. But um, that child, I almost hate to tell you this, but that child was born in a blow-up, tub in their living room in London and it was the most beautiful experience and of her life were which there. was kind of crazy you know I was horrified when I left thinking oh my gosh what what if but it was absolutely beautiful birth and it worked so well, well. And, and that leads to another birth story we shouldn't leave, leave out a baby story of another daughter of ours who feels the same way about the natural beauty and the making everything as home home homely as the british would say as possible and this about the splashdown birth linda the splashdown oh birth. My you were there this was in that. this was in boston <laughs> oh my goodness so she was she was in a tub laboring in a birthing center and a birthing with center a midwife with and a midwife and a doula and her husband and, um, and, her, and her mom and you. they said you know you you've got to just make a long story short you've got to get out of the tub to give birth to this baby because you haven't had an HIV test, which was silly, but I mean, that was the rule. So, mm-hmm. so she, uh, finally she said, Oh, uh, these pains are pretty strong. I think maybe I better get out now if I'm going to. So she got up and I turned around to leave to go into the birthing room. And all of a sudden I heard this huge splash and I thought Wait, she I wasn't had there fallen long. into the tub. I thought she had fallen into the tub. <laughs> Actually what happened is that the baby fell into the tub. The umbilical cord popped into, I'm not kidding, popped into and this baby had a splashdown that you can't believe in. The, and the doula was there and she's 
scooped up that little guy and out of the tub because it was a deep tub, tub right? out of the tub and just he was totally fine looking like whoa what happened whoa what happened <laughs> <laughs> now let me see cause I, I wasn't there and you were and you've talked about that so often but I just never quite had that in my mind so the, the 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 midwife had said, let's get you out of the tub into this other room where you can have the baby. Yeah. So you turned to go in that other room in, and ahead grabbed, of them. she grabbed her husband around the neck and said, oh, this is a really, really, really strong one. While she was standing in the oh, tub. Oh, <laughs> was There was Charlie entering the world. Who, Man, by the way, have the story. had a double call. Remember that? He had a double call, which is which supposed to be a so sign of, of longevity and luck. Well, and luck, and he, he is and a he very is a lucky child. boy. Yeah. yeah. So, well. So, I bet all of you listening, and again, we get a little carried away with these stories, but we're smiling. If you can see us, we've got jet lag. We can barely sit up, but we're just grinning away because we're thinking of these beautiful stories of children entering the world and I, I can't do it Linda like it. without without like thinking it. of Wordsworth's words right our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting the soul that rises with us our life star hath had elsewhere its setting and cometh from afar not in entire nakedness and not in utter forgetfulness but trailing clouds of glory do we come from God who is our home and God is around us in our infancy. I love that. We hope you do too. We hope you'll join us again next week and we'll be quarantining. We will see you then. Next week from England on Ayers on the Road. Signing off. Bye-bye.